Okay, my friends. Have you ever played a video game before? Mm-hmm. Have you? Okay. Um, what video games have you? You've done a lot. I know you've done a lot. Most my kids. Name, my mm-hmm. name is Steve from Minecraft. Steve from, that's where I was going to go. Minecraft. Uh, most kids have heard of that one my before. Name is Steve from Minecraft. I feel like. Um, at least they have at your school. and I, Maybe they've done it yours. Um, and if you have interest in that sort of thing, or there was another one that was super popular, a guy named Mario. You've heard of him and his plumber brother. There's several other video games out there that are very popular. And if you've heard of them or if you've played them, you might be interested in maybe growing up and becoming... A person who makes video games. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, it's a lot of work. You have to be very smart and study very hard. And I'd like to tell you a story about it. So today we will be reading and discussing The Boy Who Thought Outside the Box, the story of video game inventor Ralph Baer. This was written by Marcy Wessels and illustrated by Beatrix Castro. And it's read today by mommy. And what's your name? Have you got a name? I already said mine. Oh, Steve from Minecraft, of course. <laughs> He's a good gamer, guys. He's a very good gamer. Okay, are you ready? On the streets of Cologne, Germany, a boy named Ralph Bear made his own fun. He rolled hoops on the sidewalk. He raced his scooter. He played stick hockey and biked with his friend, his best friend, Herbert. Now, Ralph played freely until being outside became too dangerous for a Jewish kid like him. Hitler, the leader of Germany, blamed the country's problems on the Jewish people, and he ordered his Nazi soldiers to attack the Jews and other groups that he disliked. So fear and hatred grew and grew, and boys in Ralph's neighborhood became bullies, and they called Ralph names, and they tried to steal his bike, and even former friends became enemies. This was a very bad time, but wait until you see what happens. With no one to play with, Ralph spent more time indoors, tinkering with his construction set. He connected girders and gears and rods and brackets and pulleys and plates and the models in the manual were a cinch. Ideas for new inventions whirled and swirled in Ralph's brain and to build them he needed more parts. But money was scarce. Ralph would have to make do with what he had. Have you ever heard someone say just be happy with what you have? Well how else might he use the pieces and parts around him? He loved to configure and reconfigure and to invent. Ralph was a boy who thought outside the box. Now, who do you know who likes to build things? You made. Like yeah, you did. Construction sets, and then you graduated into Lego. Let's see what happens with this friend. While Ralph built it with his construction set, then. But the Nazis built walls to keep the Germans in and Jews out, and Ralph's world grew smaller and smaller and smaller. At 14, he was kicked out of school because he was Jewish, but nothing could box Ralph into a corner. He kept studying on his own. He learned English, 
and helped his family obtain visas to immigrate to the United States. In August of 1938, Ralph and his family fled Germany. As newly arrived immigrants in New York, Ralph and his father found jobs at a leather goods factory. During the day, Ralph attached buttons to cosmetic cases, and to make extra money, he brought piecework home at night. Ralph and his sister marked the leather by hand, and their mother sewed the pieces together. Their whole lives worked to, they, the whole family worked together to rebuild their lives. Punch, sew, punch, sew. Could Ralph make the work go faster? He brainstormed a solution, drew up a design, and built a prototype. Punch, 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 punch. Ralph's first invention worked, and now the family could sew twice as many cases in the same amount of time. So what he did was he built a machine that would punch the pieces of leather together so that he wouldn't have to sew it by hand. What do you think about that? That's cool. That is pretty cool. That's a great idea. Ralph's curiosity couldn't be contained. Radio was all the rage, and Ralph wondered how the boxes of talk and music worked. The 17-year-old boy saved up his money and took a radio repair course, and soon he was fixing radios for the entire neighborhood. Now we don't really use neighborhood. We don't really use um, like Radio. radios anymore, right? We have TVs. We have, TVs, we have Wi-Fi and Spotify and then, yeah. But back then, this was their greatest form of entertainment. At the age of 21, Ralph was drafted into the army. At night, he and other soldiers longed for news and, and entertainment, but Ralph knew how to repair radios. Could he build one? He rounded up spare parts and started tinkering. His bunkmates shook their head. They thought it would never work. But sure enough, Ralph had the barracks swinging in no time. He made a radio out of spare parts. That's amazing! After the war, a box of sound and moving pictures captured Ralph's imagination. Now, what do you suppose that could have been? I don't know. Moving pictures. A movie. A movie, yeah, kind of, yeah. He packed up his toolbox and took the train from New York to Chicago to study at the American Television Institute of Technology. By the end of the first semester, Ralph could build a TV from scratch. What? Television soon replaced radio as most families' source of news and entertainment. But with only three networks, viewers tuned in to a handful of programs. And most people thought TV was magical, but critics called it the idiot box for the way that it captivated an audience. Ralph saw it was a box full of possibilities. After graduation, Ralph worked in a lab designing television sets. He used 
special testing equipment to draw lines and patterns on the screen. One day, he looked at the display and imagined a different use for the TV. Perhaps a television could be used to play games. Now, wouldn't that be fun? No one had ever played games on a TV before. In 1951, no one had even dreamed of it, except Ralph. He tried to convince his boss to build games directly into television consoles. The boss dismissed Ralph's idea. Okay. No one had ever played games on a TV before, and in 1951, no one even dreamed of it, except Ralph. He tried to convince his boss to build games directly into television consoles. The boss dismissed Ralph's idea. Disappointed, Ralph boxed up his idea and shelved it away in the corner of his mind. Well, over the next 15 years, Ralph built electronic equipment for the U.S. military and for NASA. He developed spy equipment to listen in on Russian radio transmissions. He made a display console to monitor the Saturn V rocket. He embedded a radio transmitter in the handle of the video camera that astronaut Neil Armstrong took to the moon. He learned to put electronics in smaller and smaller spaces. And one day in 1966, while waiting for his bus, Ralph unboxed his original gaming idea. Instead of building games directly into a television set, he imagined using an, using an external box to control the TV to play games. Action games, board games, educational games, sports. Ralph drew up a design and got to work. Ralph had a new boss who loved his out-of-the-box thinking. He gave Ralph the money and the people power to develop his idea. In a secret lab, Ralph and three other engineers built a box full of tubes and wires and circuits and they adjusted switches and knobs to make a line on a screen. They created a ball that could bounce around every, oh wow, look at this. They, their work felt like play. Everyone in the building wanted a turn at playing this game. Over the next year, Ralph and his team tweaked their project, adding color, accessories, and sound. They built seven prototypes and wrapped the last one in sticky wood-grained paper. Ralph's home TV game system, the Brown Box, was born. To get his console into people's house homes, though, Ralph needed to make more. A lot more. And to do this, he would need the support of a commercial electronics company. Well, Ralph showed his brown box to cable and TV companies everywhere, but no one thought playing games on a television set was a good idea. Do you know how many people play games on their television sets now? Billions. Billions, yeah. Billions. Possibly. 
again and again, Ralph's idea was rejected. Finally, one company was inspired by Ralph's enthusiasm and vision. Magnavox agreed to create a simpler box based on Ralph's design. In 1972, the Magnavox Odyssey hit store shelves. For the first time ever, people discovered a fun new way to use their TV. After the Odyssey, Ralph invented other electronic toys and games. He left the video game industry in 1975, but his work inspired other people to advance this form of home entertainment. Radio technician, television designer, electronics engineer, video game pioneer, toy and game inventor, Ralph Baer forever changed the way we and in the picture, we can see he's got some different toys here. And one of them is a game called Simon. I love that game. And there's a Teddy Ruxpin. There's a lot of fun stuff that old people like me <clears throat> know about. Um, yeah, it looks like he was called the father of video games. And what a cool person, right? In 2010, he was inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. And what a cool place to be inducted into. Maybe someday you'll be an inventor. What do you think? You could invent something amazing and change the world for the better. Well, that is, say it with me, the yeah. end. much for listening to today's story. If you wanted to get a copy of this story, I have got a great tool I wanted to make you aware of. You can pop over to amazon.com slash shop slash storytime with Philip and mommy. And you will see I've created a list for every month of the year. And in each list, I have put links for every story that we have read in that month. So you can easily find a link to the story so you can purchase it for yourself. And of course, this all goes to help support our, our podcast so we can get new materials. And of course, don't forget, you can also pick up your copy of the Storytime with Philip and Mommy book, The Sprightly Sprite and the Dragon Dragon. And of course, we always hope that you guys enjoy our stories. And we want to say thank you so much for listening.